You know, it's already July 29th, 2011, just four days away from the big default, and things are completely fuck-cocked in Washington, D.C. It am a very serious situation, enough to make the likes of me despair, or at least semi-despair. And it makes me wonder if everything you know is wrong. John Boehner doesn't have the votes. Oh, quel joli surprise. Now, as I record this Radio Free Oz podcast, things may be moving along just marvelously in Washington. Everyone may have woken up and said, today I'm going to compromise. Today I'm going to be a real American and worry about the people and serve them instead of my own semi-conscious, narrow, self-serving baloney-filled preferences or whatever you call it. Anyway, I doubt it. I think things are still completely famished. I've used fakakt and famished already, so when things get really serious, I go totally Yiddish. Boehner can't get the votes because, you know why? The old-school arm-twisting doesn't work anymore. The old rules no longer apply. Now, there are two lessons we learned last night. First, the old rules to twist Rakelsons and arms no longer apply. Tea Party and conservative House members don't really care about important committee assignments. They don't place a value on fundraising help and earmarks and extra pork for their districts. Forget about it. As the Washington Post recounts, Representative uh, Jeff Flake, there's a, there's a generic term for the GOP freshman, who opposes Boehner's bill, praised the lack of horse trading of the type that marred passage of Obama's health care legislation. I quote the Flake. It is the most refreshing thing in the world to see what's going on in there, he said. This kind of negotiation a couple of years ago would have cost about $20 billion. It is refreshing, but it's also a curse if you're trying to get things done. Trying to get what things done? Pass illusory legislation in the House that's going to be killed by a million arrows in the Senate? Cut, cap, and balance? Give this boy a break. Boehner's in there changing the rules so that he can readjust this impossible plan to get the votes from his party in revolt. There is a revolt going on within the GOP. They're going to screw themselves first as they carefully screw the rest of the nation. So Boehner wants to come up with this plan in which there'll be a two-step default process, which of course Obama said he'll already veto, dead. Second of all, he's changed it to get the votes by adding cut, cap, and balance. Just minutes after Obama urged the parties, this was yesterday, to come together and avert this default crisis, things have actually gone backwards in the House, and in a pretty incredible fashion. To secure enough votes from his, his members, Boehner is amending the bill to turn it into what they're calling cut, cap, and balance light. Here's the key new provision that is apparently going to win enough GOP votes to pass the bill. The debt ceiling would be raised immediately, but not enough to get the government through the next year, Obama's veto. To get the second debt ceiling increase, House Republicans want a balanced budget constitutional amendment to pass both chambers first and be referred to the states. Hey, ain't never going to happen. But that's where we are. It makes you wonder, is there any compromise plan that can get through the House? That's why, even though my gut says there's no way the U.S. is stupid enough to default. 
I can't see a more clear or visible way out of this. Maybe we are stupid enough. Hey, dig it. This is a revolution. It's not a coup d'etat because these are legitimately, <laughs> legitimately voted in representatives, but it is a revolution. They want to turn this country upside down and they don't care who it hurts, how much it costs, or how long it takes. And what's amazing about these people in a strange way, uh, it makes me kind of tip my hat to them. They don't care if they don't get a new appointment, uh, you know, at, 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 on a brand new committee, if they don't get their pork, even if they don't get reelected. These Tea Party idiots are martyrs in the making. Make no mistake, we are witnessing the onset of a full-on crusade. Just as Richard the Lionhearted pulled his forces together to recapture Jerusalem, so these Tea Party Templars are taking out their, their tax-slashing swords and running into the fray to bring American exceptionalism back. They really feel they are beleaguered. They feel they are saving the real America. And it's helpful that they have a non-Aryan, not me, in the White House. For a while I thought, this, this really wasn't racial. It isn't totally racial, but race has something to do with it. Okay, in the midst of all this brouhaha, more bad economic news. Oy, oy, oy. The U.S. economy expanded at a slower pace than expected in the spring as consumers cut back on spending, while revision showed the slowdown since the beginning of the year was much more drastic than previously thought. You knew it, didn't you? You only have to look around either at your own situation, the situation of those close to you, or just digging the feeling. You know the economy's in big, bad trouble. The Commerce Department today said gross domestic product rose at an annually seasonally adjusted rate of 1.3% in April through June, while first quarter growth was revised down sharply to 0.4% rate from the earlier estimate of 1.9. So they cut it down by like, what, 75%? How could they have been so off the mark? A big reason behind the downward revision in first quarter growth, they say, was that the inventory buildup by companies was less than initially estimated. Companies aren't hiring, they aren't producing, they aren't buying, the jobs aren't there, so the money isn't there to buy the products. Around and around and around. And you think we'd be doing something about it? You want to blame Obama because he hasn't solved the situation when he's got all these Tea Party Templars storming the gates? Oh, man. And you know, according to the Commerce Department, the economy today is actually smaller than in 2010 when the Great Recession began. So we're in what? The greater, greater recession? Is this the Starbucks economy where you've got like Vente and Grande and now we're at like Super Grande? And where do we go from here? Let's put the economy aside. Let's put the debt ceiling crisis aside and listen to a former director of national intelligence, Dennis Blair, who unloaded on the White House yesterday, strongly criticizing the administration's reliance on U.S.-directed drone strikes and saying officials have failed to implement the lessons of 9-11 by backing away from efforts to integrate the intelligence community. Blair, who was essentially fired by Obama last year, said the administration should curtail U.S.-led drone strikes on 
suspected terrorists in Pakistan 1, Yemen 2, and Somalia because the missiles fired from unmanned aircrafts are fueling anti-American sentiment and undercutting reform efforts in those countries. Right. Drones are just what they say. There's no humans up there. The drones actually are these Red Bull swilling, you know, non-coms in refrigerated cars somewhere outside of Las Vegas playing joystick death. And we're the ones who have to take the blowback because we're the American people. We're paying for it both monetarily and we're paying for it emotionally. And now, guess what? The state of Oklahoma has put aside an entire like 80 mile wide swath in their fabulous state for drones only so that they can build them. They build a lot of drones there in Oklahoma. No surprise if you've ever been there. It's like drone central. And they've created the airspace now so the drones can fly at will. I've saved the best for last or Maybe I've saved the worst for last. Another uh, chapter in the life of the abomination called Sarah Palin. There are a lot of people out there in the political landscape for whom I, I don't hold a lot of pleasant feelings, but she is the worst. She is Evita Palin. She is the potential fascist queen. Okay. Here's a tweet she sent to all the Republican freshmen. Get this. Out here in proverbial political flyover country, wait a minute, she's just one of the people out there in the flyover? That $30,000, $50,000 a speech out in flyover? She is such an abominable hypocrite, and people swallow it because, you know, she's kind of good looking. Not my type, but there are people who go for her. She says, we little folk. Does she mean the leprechauns? Are watching the debt ceiling debate with great interest and concern. Today, I reread the open letter. Is that because she has trouble reading? I reread the open letter I wrote to Republican freshman members of Congress in November 2010, just days after they were ushered into office in an historic landslide victory, due in large part to the activism of common sense patriots. Patriotism, ah, the last refuge of scoundrels, particularly common sense scoundrels, she says, who are considered part of the Tea Party movement. I respectfully ask these GOP freshmen to reread this letter and remember us in quotes, little people. Oh yes, Sarah, you're part of the little people who believe in them, donated to their campaign, spent hours tirelessly volunteering for them. Oh, did she? And trusted them with our votes. This new wave of public servants may recall that they were sent to DC for such a time as this. All my best to you, GOP freshmen, from up here in the last frontier. Isn't that the state she left in the lurch as governor when there were a lot more bucks down south? Sincerely, as if she could ever really experience that emotion, Sarah Palin, and get her P.S. P.S. Everyone I talk to still believes in contested primaries. She is threatening them. She is threatening them. I can't, no, I can believe it. I take it all back. She's capable of the worst. Absolutely. At some point, she's going to be exposed in some huge scandal or maybe just the scales fall from the eyes of the American electorate. In any case, I hope that Sarah Palin goes down. If she doesn't, then...
Everything you know is wrong. <laughs>